And thanks, everybody, for listening to the QBO Show. Welcome aboard. And it's January 23rd, typical time. Got Stacey Kildall and myself, Woody Adams. And uh, while I am a, a product consultant with Intuit, Intuit is not affiliated with the show. So anything that I might have to say or that doesn't really jive with what Intuit says or believes, you know, Intuit's not affiliated with the show. And, you know, for those of you who've been listening to our show for a long time, I typically butcher that uh, legal jargon. I've never said it the same in way in 10 years. But we're happy to have Richard on right now and uh, Principal Product Manager of QBO, Richard Blitz. Richard, thanks for coming on the show with Stacey and, uh, uh, and how's it going there? Hi, thrilled to be here. Thank you both for having me on. Uh, it's going pretty well up here. Uh, I'm in Edmonton. We just got out of the deep freeze where the mm. temperature was uh, yeah. in the, close to the minus 50s Fahrenheit. Wow. Um, and so now it's warmed up a lot, but we just got a huge dump of snow. So, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Yeah, but the snow is okay. Like, I want more snow. I live in Michigan, and there's not enough snow because I have two snowmobiles sitting in my garage that um, <laughs> uh-huh. are dying. So we actually are going up north this weekend. So they finally got some snow uh, up in the like the upper half of the lower peninsula. Uh, so we're going to head up. We're going up to Grayling this weekend. I'm very excited about that. Nice. So, uh, Richard, is that just kind of like light sweater weather? Um, is there even a <laughs> coat? Is there even a parka you can wear for negative 50? I mean, is there even oh. one that's created maybe by L.L. Bean or something? Oh, yeah, there, there totally is. I, I have one. I can send you a picture of my full-on Arctic survival parka. <laughs> I love it. Think, awesome. think of, like, the heaviest down comforter you can imagine and wearing that as a coat down to your knees. Yeah, it's like basically a sleeping bag with arms. Totally. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. So... So Richard, again, thanks for taking the time out and coming on the, the show today. And we got a, we got several questions here to ask and some new features rolling in uh, for QBO. But I know you've been around for a long, long time with Intuit and ba- uh, principal product manager back in desktop days. Uh, I, I remember first hearing you when you were, uh, or of you, because you were involved in putting multi-currency in 07 in desktop. Yeah. I think that was your baby and thus the same in QBO. So it's been a long journey, but if you could just tell, tell the, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and roll it into it. Yeah, sure. Uh, as you say, I've, I've been here pretty much since the dawn of time um, and <laughs> worked on uh, uh, a lot of, of different initiatives, really had the, the pleasure. Uh, this is a space that um, I really, really enjoy. So it's thrilling that I'm still able to um, to be here and, and do what I love to do for after so many years. Um, I've spent most of my time working on, as you say, I worked on desktop for a while. I've worked on other products, but primarily I've spent more than half of my career working on QuickBooks Online. Most most notably the international editions, uh, particularly Canada and the UK, um, is where I spent a, a lot of time working on those and helping those be right for, uh, uh, for those markets. And then about five years ago, I started working with uh, more with the US or what we call the core team, the team that does functionality for all of the different uh, countries at once instead of one country at a time. Um, so I led uh, a major platform upgrade to data in, which I really, really hope you'll agree is working better now than it used to. <laughs> five years ago. Um, and since then, I've been working on an initiative that internally we call uh, Rethink. And the overall goal of that is to help people who really aren't business savvy, people who are coming from Excel spreadsheets, to get their transactions in correctly without having to know accounting. And that, in, that emphasis nice. is intentional. No. Um, yeah. Nice. And I know Stacy's got a question, but I just wanted to ask, so are you based in all this time have you been based in Edmonton or are you in Mountain View? 
No, uh, I lived in Mountain View for uh, for three years um, and uh, very much enjoyed it. Fully fully expected to uh, be there for a longer period of time, um, but unfortunately, uh, my dad uh, had Parkinson's and uh, oh, my dad had so Parkinson's well. too. Yeah, it's a it's a not a it's a brutal disease. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, so moved back here for family reasons. Right on. Okay. Yeah, that's a rough one. It's it's tough watching them go through that. So you know. Yeah. What a good son you are going and doing that. <laughs> we we went through that with my dad a yeah. couple years ago. So I get it. I understand how difficult. Um, but let's. Uh, why you're here today uh, is talking about the business view and accountant view. So I was on uh, a call about this a couple weeks ago, and I was in the car, and so I kind of got. Um, you know, I kind of got the gist of this, and so I think I understand it, but can you let us and our listeners know, um, first of all, um, what it is and why Intuit is offering uh, the experience? And then I have a follow-up question for that. Yeah, of course. Um, so we had, uh, so last summer we did a whole bunch of research into why people who are coming from uh, Excel spreadsheets, which is where 65% of non-consumption is uh, for, you know, people thinking about moving to um, to financial management software. Um, you know, and we looked at like, what are the things that were really hard for them to come in and, and learn and, and understand since they have very little financial background typically. Um, and what we found was that the UI that we were presenting to customers was neither fish nor fowl, right? It, people who are really proficient in, in uh, uh, finances and who understand QuickBooks well, um, can, can use it very effectively, but even even they want, you know, uh, more power user features. People who don't have that background are at the other end of the spectrum where they don't understand anything. They don't understand uh, the information density. They don't even understand something as simple as like, what is a sales receipt form for? Um, and we started to realize more and more that we simply have been fooling ourselves all these years that we would be able to cater to both of these extreme audiences um, with one UI. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and so we said, you know what, we've now done uh, all of the heavy lifting in the infrastructure that, that we need to do in, in QuickBooks where it's actually feasible to build a separate UI for people who are real beginners and uh, maintain the UI that we currently have for people who are power users. Um, and it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to maintain both of these, these two experiences. So that's really what business view and accountant view is. Business view is um, we're simplifying the language. We're simplifying the global create. Um, we're putting more guardrails on transactions. Um, we're making the forms much more specific. So instead of having just one expense form, there's actually going to be several expense forms for different kinds of things. Like, is this an operational expense or are you entering an asset or are you paying a vendor or something like that? Um, whereas the accountant view at the moment, it's staying exactly the same as it always has been, but we now have the opportunity to invest in that and make it more efficient, more information dense, more batch actions for people who are ready and willing, um, you know, to flex their muscles with that kind of uh, power. So I have a question for that. And I love this idea uh, that you're giving people the view that they choose. But um, my question, well, I guess even if you have like a power user, so never mind. What I was going to ask is why not just automatically just give the small business owner one view and then give the which like kind you kind of do with accountant qbo accountant but 
I answered my own question as I was thinking of it um, <laughs> in that you may have someone who isn't an accountant who is a power user and who wants all those things. So never mind. I get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. And we, we tried to do this very thoughtfully. So uh, one of the things that we ask in the, the first time use experience is, are you working with an accountant? And if the answer is yes, then we do give you the accountant view, the, the power view. And the reason for that is that we want the accountant and the customer to have the same view as much as possible. Right. So that when the accountant is, is saying, you know, hey, the way that you need to enter this super specific transaction for your business it's exactly like this, right? Follow, follow these steps. Right. Um, and yeah, so that, that's why we, we um, decided to make it possible to toggle between the, the two views. So my other question is the follow-up question is by doing this and you may have kind of, you, you have pretty much already answered this. Um, but what, by doing this, are you, is there something you're hoping to learn by offering the two different views? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, this gives us a little more room to to experiment because as, as we all know, um, when you're an accountant, if your UI is constantly changing on your customer, that's not a great day for you, right? Because you have to relearn what they're seeing. Um, and uh, then that's very frustrating and, and time consuming. So having uh, a view where accountants don't work and many people, you know, people who aren't working with an accountant's um, uh, use instead, we can find out how, you know, if our guardrails are, are working, we can, we can try to optimize that experience without affecting the day-to-day -day work um, that the accountants and bookkeepers need to do to keep the businesses that they're working with on the rails. Okay. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that makes perfect sense. And I like that. And just so I know, because I got a chance to peek at it because I was doing this video for Mindy for the Firm of the Future article on the Business First Accountant View. The, and you might have said it already, forgive me, please, Richard, but coming in from QBA, the default will be the Accountant View, right? So, so then if I, if I want to see the Business View, I go to the Advanced Setting and flip it on. Um, so assuming that's true and still true, and you can just confirm this, the, the second part of the question, however, it's totally unrelated. <laughs> can you give us some, so that's my, the second that's part like that my, I completely that's like different my, question. Yeah, that's like my superpower. So can you give some specific examples of how the terminology is different in business view? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, although, ironically, now I've actually forgotten what the first part of the question was. Oh, yes. Um, so, yes, if you're in QBOA, um, you will, by default, be in Accountant View if you log into your books. And, yes, you just need to toggle it over um, to Business View so you can see what it, what it looks like there. And to be perfectly honest, most, I think, of um, accountants will look at it and just go, you know, yeah, I, I understand this, this pretty straightforwardly. But, you know, some specific differences are, for example, in the Global Create, you'll see four columns there and it's organized the way that QBO has traditionally been organized, which is, you know, customer, vendor, employee, and then um, sort of miscellaneous transactions that you, that you use. In Global Create, that's been reorganized, sorry, in uh, Business View, the Global Create has been reorganized to be around money in and money out because what we found was that um, strangely, customers didn't seem to... Um, think of customers and vendors as separate groups. And so they were looking for simply like, I need to, I need to create a refund. Well, um, you know, a refund to whom? Is it, a, is it uh, record a refund on your credit card? Is it issue a refund to your customer? Is it, um, 
uh, enter a credit note that you got from a from a vendor? Like, what is it? Um, and so the menu structure of um, money in and money out was just more easily understood by them at a basic level, right? Is, is it money that you're getting or is it money that you're giving? It's money that you're giving. Okay, great. Let's, let's talk more about for whom. So you'll see terminology like um, make a sale instead of sales receipt. So you notice there's a, there's a verb and it's very simple. Um, you'll see uh, terminology um, like um, pay your credit card which is a, a new function that we've, that we've just added. Oh uh, yeah. How's that going to roll out? That'll be interesting. <laughs> it, it is, it will be, it is in both views actually. Uh, initially we were expecting only to put it in, into a uh, business view, but uh, there was demand for it in uh, uh, accountant view as well. So it, so it's there. Um, but that's the, that's the kind of functionality that, that we're talking about when I say we're trying to simplify we're trying to make the forms more specific use um, and simplified for that specific use. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and the other thing is journal entries, right? So there's no uh, business view doesn't have journal entries, right? Yes, that that is correct. Um, we're trying to keep business view about front of house business activities. And you know, it's not, this isn't something that, that's carved in stone. If, if we find that there's a reason that this really isn't working, um, then obviously we'll, we'll reconsider. Um, but uh, at the moment, um, we, want to, we don't want to try and mix the, um, the front of house business activities with the, um, what you might call back of house bookkeeping. And I, I understand, you know, they're super tightly aligned, um, but we're doing our best to keep people in business view focused on the day-to-day -day activities of their, right. of their business. Like the forms, right? Which is yeah. what we all want everybody to use. I mean, I would prefer that my clients stay the, I almost just dropped an F-bomb, so just stay the heck <laughs> away from uh, journal entries just because- Nice job. There's no, thank you, buddy, thank you. Uh, there's no version of QuickBooks that like journal entries, are, you should, like Bryce always says, just don't use them, like whenever we do training. So, but for those small businesses who do are heavy journal entry users, how are those um, clients, I would think that they're gonna want the accountant view, not the business view, but if they're using business view, how, if they wanna enter a journal entry, how do they go find them? Yeah, there, there's a couple of things. First, as as you say, you know, if they're if they're that advanced, probably Accountant View is right for them, and they should just consider switching over. Um, but there's a couple of other other tricks. Uh, the easiest one is um, simply to create a bookmark, because you know it's exactly the same QuickBooks under the under the hood with exactly right. the same URL. So if you um, just have a bookmark that the person can click, it'll open the tab to the general journal entry form, and it will work as it always always has done. Um, so that's one thing. Another possibility is if there's more than one person in the company, each person can have their own view. So the person who wants to do general journal entries, have them work in accountant view and have the person right. running, you know, issuing the invoices in business view. Okay, so then I guess I'm confused. If they're in business view, how are they gonna get the bookmark? Oh, uh, so- um, Like another user would have to send it to them, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or, or right. you could just toggle them to, uh, to um, accountant view, you know, go to the general journal entry, click bookmark, and then toggle them back. Okay. All right. I just wondered, like, if there was a secret, you know, secret way that you could do it, but that's fine. Um, nice. 
Yeah. What did you have anything else? Yeah, just a, a follow up to this. And so what I saw and just confirm Richard, the, like if I'm, when I go in my client file, I can tell what view they're in basically by hitting the plus new tab. Right. And then I see the yep. language and that, that's like the first way is it there's no like other flag or something like at the top or something like that. When I access the sub from QBA. Uh, not currently, although we're actually looking at uh, putting one in, making, making that more visible. So it's, so it's super clear. As you say, the, the easiest way right now is, is um, the global creates failing that you can go to the, the preferences. Um, it will become more clear eventually as we start rolling out some additional, like I said, you know, the, the uh, multiple forms for, um, for the expense, or we start looking at um, some other things that we're considering called workspaces, which are um, sort of flows that are very specific to, uh, to one, one process, uh, one business process. Uh, but that's not going to be coming for a little bit in the short Good. term. Yeah. In the short term, we're probably going to, just put something at the top to make it a little clearer what view you're in. Right, and just make sure that the accountants, you guys are are now in, I mean, typically like just getting out of bed in the morning, you're accessing your QBO client files from QBA. So you will have the default view as you've always known for the last several years, right? It's not yes. like, it's not like it's gonna be business yep. view and you're gonna see like, make a quote or what, what, I forget the language and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, now where do I go to change that again? So you, we're all gonna have that accountant view if you're coming in through QBA, no matter what, you'd have to, right. have, you'd have to go change it. And if the client changes it, that only affects him, not me coming in through QBA. Correct. However, it would impact any other of the managed users, right, that are not coming in through QBA, right? So if, if he flips it to business view, then me and then like you, Stacy and I are all in an office together, but we're not the accountants. We're just like, you know, the staff of the business or whatever. We would see business view, right? Or is it totally oh, no. user specific? It's totally user specific. Oh, wow. Oh, that's nice. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. great. Yeah, that's different. I yeah, like yeah. that. And, and as I say, that, so that makes it, you know, very, very flexible for, um, and, you know, I'm actually honestly expecting to get situations where people work in business view four days of the week and then they switch to accountant view on Friday to do specific things that, that they want to do. <gasps> I have a question. I have a question. Is there any plans or has anybody asked, can I, as the accountant, what would be really fantastic is for us as the accountant user to toggle it to business view for our clients. Like I would, I have about four clients right now that I would love to be able to turn business view on and just say, Oh yeah, it's a new interface. And then just lie like a, like a horrible human person that I am and lie to them and say that this is just the way QuickBooks is now. And, and then that's all they have. So is that something like you guys see maybe down the, or has had anybody even asked that? I would love to be able to change the view for my clients. No, no one's asked for that yet, but I'm, uh, I'm going to beg you for it right now. <laughs> okay. I will put it on the, on the backlog and we'll, we'll take a look at it. Yay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, so I think that was the only other question that I had about that. Oh, um, I guess, and well, and it kind of answers this. One of the questions I was going to ask is how is it going to benefit the accounting professionals? And I think that it really will, because uh, for me, like I just mentioned, it's going to kind of keep my clients out of stuff that they really don't need to be doing. 
<laughs> you know, like it's just going to allow them to kind of focus on just the few things that we want them to do. Because with our clients, we really don't want them doing much more than, um, you know, entering an invoice, receiving a payment, doing the very basics, and then kind of letting us um, handle everything else behind the scenes. So I was going to say, how do you see it benefiting? But I totally see the benefits unless you have other reasons that you think it'll benefit us as accounting professionals? Let me give you a for instance of something that, that we're looking at, um, which I'm convinced will be very powerful. So in business view, for example, what we're thinking of doing is making it not possible for people to create high level income or expense accounts, only sub accounts. Um, and the reason for that is um, it, that once someone has set up, you know, a chart of accounts at the, at the beginning, right? Typically you don't want the business owner going in and monkeying with it. Right. But the business owner is trying to track stuff that's important to them. Uh, and so um, typically up to this point, the only tool that they've had at their disposal has been the chart of accounts. So they go in and they, they create, you know, it's like, well, I need to track my income in these three ways, which from an accounting perspective is useful for the business, but not particularly relevant to uh, um, a lot of the, you know, the, the critical, um, are we ready for tax time discussions and, and things like that. And this is where um, we could say, you know what, one of the guardrails that we're going to put in is you can't create a new um, expense or income account. You can create a sub account of ones that's there. That way it'll still map up appropriately to the, you know, the, the way that you want the financial reports to look and the way that you want the, the taxes to look. Um, and if you want to create a, a high level, you have to talk to your accountant about it first. I can do that. I'll allow it. I mean, I'll not allow it. I, should say, I always say that like Richard and I, uh, my best friend Richard Rupin, I would say like, I'll allow it, but I guess I'll take that. I would rather be able to turn that ability to create accounts on or off completely, but yeah. I'll, if this is what I, what, this is what I get, I, I'm okay with that. Like, I think that it's fine because I can always go get rid of that or do whatever I need to. And at least like you said, it does have a parent account and it's easy to kind of track it. So it's not yeah. that big of a deal. I wanted well, just to, me... to also just quick, the, the locking it in or coding it in, you know? Um, so if Stacy's setting up, I'm her client. I don't know anything about accounting. She sets up my books, adds it to QBA, all that stuff. Once she's done setting everything up, she wants me to be able to do, then she switches it permanently to business view because I get that language and yeah. I'll never need to see journal mm -hmm. entry or, you know, the workflow kind of terminology will be easier for me. And then I can't go in and change and go, I wonder what accountant view will do, you know? So uh, that's a good idea, I think. Yeah. I love that. Here, here's another, another example um, that might help. Another benefit is that with the guardrails that we can put in, which we would not want to put in for um, accountants and, and bookkeepers, uh, will hopefully help people get more of their transactions more correct. And so the classic example of this that we keep coming back to is I go down to Staples and I buy a computer for 900 bucks, right? So when I come back as a small business owner, I'm probably gonna sit down, call up the expense form and enter that as an expense. But there's a case to be made that I should be entering it as an asset because it's something that I'm gonna be using for a long time. I may be in a business where I want to depreciate that. And so if we can put uh, 
a stop in and say to the customer, hey, um, how are you going to be using this? Are you thinking about this as, um, um, you know, a one-off? Is this something that you're going to be using for a long time? Like, what's the purpose of this? Um, that kind of intelligence to help it get coded properly, either as an expense or an asset out of the gate. Um, hopefully, that means there's less work to do fixing transactions later. Right. I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thanks for breaking down business versus account, accountant view. And then you said you did want to talk about tagging because uh, this would fall into the question, hey, can you share about what other things the team's working on? And I know you're limited on time and very busy. So let's, let's go right into tagging because that sounds also really cool. I am so excited about this. I cannot stand it. Okay. <laughs> Yay. And I uh, feel like I'm one of the very few that was in that meeting that really liked it. There were a lot of people freaking out about it. And I was in my car and I couldn't talk and I wanted to tell them all, it's okay if your cheese gets moved. It's okay. <laughs> and so please tell us about tagging. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. I can't wait for it. So, so tagging is um, another in our steps to try and get customers out of the chart of accounts and into their own sandbox um, where they can track their business stuff the way that they want without having to mess up um, what the accounting actually, actually looks like. So tagging, you can think of it as super classes. Um, it is the ability to tag a transaction with um, as many uh, tags as you, as you like. Um, that tracks stuff that you care about. And so you think about it as um, I can create multiple groups of tags. So for example, let's say that I want to track um, what salesperson helped a customer, um, what delivery service I used to send the package, what driver uh, delivered it, um, whether or not this was um, from, you know, like which, uh, uh, warehouse this left from, um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of some other things, but you, you know, you get the idea. So these are all elements that I want to track. I can create a tag group for each of these things and then assign um, a tag from each of these groups and then as many individual tags as I want to to the transaction and then report on them later. So I can cut the business, I can cut the transactions by the specific slice of uh, information that I care about as the business owner without it, without affecting the accounting in any way, shape or form. Right. I love it. So here's my use case. This is why I want tagging so badly. So we have an account called like, for instance, I literally in actuality right before I logged in or we called, we started this interview, sent an email with an Excel spreadsheet um, that has all of the transactions from 2019 that are posted to what we call ask my client. And so we customize the account and in this particular client, it says ask Mark. So these are just transactions that have come through the bank feed. We have no idea what the hell they are. Um, sometimes the, the payee comes through. Sometimes it's just a check and the, a check number. So, but I, if I can see the payee, I, we can usually guess what it is. We can usually make a pretty good guess. Even if the vendor, there aren't any transactions that belong uh, to that payee previously. So it would be lovely for, and we have in this particular situation, the spreadsheet I just sent to the client has a, over a hundred transactions and about half of them 
I know I can figure out what they are, but we're not sure. So the only way to tag it to get the information or to, to flag it, I should say, because there's no tagging in QuickBooks, <laughs> is to post it to that Ask Mark account. So what I want to do with tagging is I want to be able to allocate it where I think it should be go, post it to the expense account where I think it should be, whether it's cost of goods or it's, you know, labor or it's office supplies or whatever the heck it is, and then be able to tag it, ask Mark, and then create a report, send that report, and my client can say, and, and just correct the ones, because I'm pretty sure that about half of the ones that I just sent him, I know what they are. So to be able to only have to reallocate 50 instead of 100, I can't wait for tagging. Like I cannot wait to do that. And I know some people were a little bit worried because like class tracking and you and I kind of emailed um, about like, how is it going to work? And that's going to be my question is how will tags, and I know it's in, like not even actually in full beta yet. I know it's still like just a little tiny baby feature um, and it, it's not fully baked. How do you see it working with like um, reporting? So I'm sure it'll work fantastic with PL reports because those are all target. Um, but my concern or my question, not necessarily concern, my curiosity relates to a balance sheet because that's right. generally going to be source. So how do you foresee tagging working with classes locations is the first question. And second, how do you see it working with balance sheet reporting? Yeah, so great question and also a great use case. Thank you for, for sharing that. I think that's exactly the, the kind of um, really creative use of, of tagging that we did foresee when we first started looking at this feature. But absolutely, I can see a lot of cases for like internal messaging that could be solved. Yes, I can't so, wait for this. I can't very, wait for tagging. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, so uh, classes and locations for the, the um, at least for the medium term, like a, a year or a year and change, um, there's going to be no change to the way classes and locations work um, at all. Um, the reason is we need to make sure that tagging is, you know, is working and scaling. Um, and also, particularly locations has a lot of business logic tied to it. Like for each location you have, you can enter a different email address and a different physical address, a uh, uh, different name even um, uh, for it. And we're, tagging is intended to be very simple. We're not sure that we want to replicate all of that um, logic in tagging yet. So locations are probably going to stay the, the way they are. It's possible, but it's certainly not determined that at some point in the future, we'll say, you know what, tagging is sufficiently well developed and it's working sufficiently well that we can sunset classes. Um, Which and I'm okay with, by the way. I think <laughs> that's fine. I'm fine with that. We, uh, and I actually, you know, it, it's at the moment, classes can still do things that tags can't. For example, budgeting by, by class. At the moment, you can't budget by tag. Right. Um, so, you know, we've got some, some building to go before we get there. And we would certainly never sunset classes without providing a really good... Of course. Yeah, yeah. you know, migration yeah. over, over to tags. So at the moment, that, that's all very far future. Um, but it's possible. I think that at some point, classes will be able to do more than sorry that tags will be able to do more than classes can so it's possible that we would look at sunsetting at some point in the in the future you know year and a half uh, or more out i am very excited about this and thank you for sharing that one of the things that i also am kind of curious about is 
like right now when you have a desktop file, um, and obviously class tracking is not going away anytime soon uh, right now, but if you have a desktop file and they have class tracking, how do you foresee if, if, and it's a big, huge if, if class tracking is eventually sunsetted in a few years, how do you, are you going to convert the classes in desktop to tags or would you convert those? I mean, how, how would that work? Yeah, we would. So it would be almost exactly the same process as converting existing users who have classes in QBO over okay. over to tags. It would be very, very similar. Or like uh, sub customers to projects. There's a way yes. to do that as right. soon as you convert it. It works great. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. So I honestly think it, it will be straightforward to to do that um, once we once we get the initial uh, the initial mapping done. The, the big challenge, you know, one of the challenges that we would have to solve is that currently classes allow like multiple levels up to yeah. five, five levels and tagging only allows one level. And that's, that's intentional. Um, so we need to see how, you know, how that's working, if that's working properly, if we want to consider multi-level tags, um, or, or what we're going to do there. Um, but that's, that would be the challenge that we would encounter. The, the good news is that the number of people who use multi-level tags is actually vanishingly small. Right. Um, it's and, around 5%. And Richard, I'd argue that multi-level classes Ugh, look, visibly gross. look terrible Ugh. on the report. And, yeah. yeah. Um, also, especially with budgets and stuff. So it's yeah. like, that's, that's a great idea not to have that. Yeah. Be, <laughs> you know, like maybe one other level. I don't know. So, no, excellent. I'm fine with not having any subclasses because yeah, exactly. I, in what, how long have I been using QBO? Since 2003, 2004? I've never had a client that needed to have- I have it have, written down. It's uh, 2003. Yeah. Okay, 2003. <laughs> I have never had a client that needed um, more than one level of class tracking. I just cool. have never had it. I've never had to do this setup. Did you answer yeah. the question about the balance sheet? Did I, I miss that? In my I assignment? did not. Okay. No, I did not. I, I, I was just waiting for a chance to jump back in um, <laughs> on it. Uh, so the short answer is it is very much on my wish list and okay. we, we have architected it so that um, it is uh, at least in theory possible to, to do it. We haven't started building it yet because um, first of all, we want to make sure that uh, you know there's, there's customer need and value in doing that. Um, so it's on our list of reports that we that we want to do it, but it's not prioritized at the moment until we okay. hear from people if this is something that they're passionate about as you are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was exciting. And Please come back soon. I'm yeah, just going to we'll, say we'll, that before we wrap it up. This is great, Rich. We appreciate your, your time. I just wanted to mention too, at the, at the very least with the tagging, like at the ground floor for me, is it frees up class location for something else. I could stay on plus or even essentials. I'm not going to break the 40 limit or have to go to advanced if I don't have to. And I can just use tags. I mean, so it's, it's, it's a brilliant ad. You know what I mean? Uh, thank you for, for saying that. I have to say, I, I'm really hopeful that this is going to be a game changer for a lot of small businesses out there. Um, you know, if you're, if you're working in Excel and you want to track something, all you do is add a column, right? And it's been impossible to do that same thing in QuickBooks up until now. Uh, so I, I really, really hope that this is going to eliminate a lot of that pain around, I just can't cut the data the way I want in QuickBooks. Right. I love this. I love this. Thank you so much. I don't know if you guys can hear my cats are screaming at each other. I can. <laughs> they seem like they're getting along, but I can't tell. I can't see what they're doing there around the corner. Uh, so if anybody <laughs> is wondering, uh, that's not any, it's just my cats. It's clearly in Yoda being crazy back there. Um, I, I thought it was excitement. <laughs> yeah. They're really excited about tagging too. 
Uh, <laughs> so thanks again for coming on the show. Please come back anytime. Um, and then I'm going to be, uh, I would say bugging, but I feel like it's going to be a level that may reach harassment about um, beta testing with the tagging. So uh, let me know. I will kind of keep poking uh, at you to see when it's ready and if I can get it in any of my um, any of my accounts because I want to see it. I'm very excited about that. Fair enough. Sounds great. Yeah, we, I expect that we're going to start um, be, be ready to roll it out in three weeks. Oh, I can't wait. All right, then I'm going to bug you in a couple weeks. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, you bet. Awesome. Thanks. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening. Oh, it was a good – I love that. I'm very excited about all of that. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait I would, to get I would do my uh, Buscadet laser, but I don't have the uh, I don't have the video. True. Um, yeah, so well, – I think most people knows what, know what it is and could probably, like, you know, do it in their minds. And yeah, they can probably – yeah, like, can, they can probably just sort of guess what it is. So, um, <laughs> all, right. all right. I'll see you later, Woody. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Boss, goddamn laser.